The problem is we grow up in a culture in which we're taught that we need to be better. We need to focus on strengths. And so what ends up happening is we dumb down these most glorious, extraordinary parts of ourselves in favor of trying to compete with other people to outdo them at their own game. So here's the key, Nikki. If we, if we were to summarize this entire conversation, it's good to be better, but it's better to be different. Different is better than better. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. And boy, do we have an incredible, amazing guest lined up for you today. I met her in December 2015 at the Titan Summit, which is a ultra exclusive, super high level mastermind that Robin Sharma runs on an annual basis. And she blew me away in a room full of incredible thought leaders, incredible experts, Sally Hogshead stood head and shoulders above them all. Welcome to the show, Sally. Wow, Nikki, thank you. That's an awesome introduction and I'm thrilled to be here with you. Well, it's my pleasure to have you here. So Sally, here's by way of background, the way I'd like to have this conversation begin. Sure. Our listener is a coach, or a consultant. They're looking to grow their business. They might not know how to do it, right? One of the reasons they come to us and they listen to this podcast is because they want to learn how to grow their business. And in fact, you know, my company, which sponsors this podcast, is all about helping coaches and consultants use a phenomenal, unique program to grow their business. So they, their money worries can be gone forever. But they want to hear from you today. They want to know how you did it. Tell us your backstory. How did you become the one, the only, the legendary Sally Hogshead? <laughs> well, I have a I have an advantage having a very unusual last name that whether I wanted to or not, I have a, a, a massive brand advantage or disadvantage, depending on how you look at it. Growing up with the last name Hogshead, <laughs> who would give anybody an unconventional point of view. And I, I remember <laughs> being teased so mercilessly on the playground that I would come into my mother whose name, of course, is Mrs. Hogshead. And I said, Mom, why can't we just have a normal last name like, like Smith or Jones? And she told me something I'll never forget. She said, it's the thing about our name that makes it different that will one day make you love it. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't believe her at the time, but by the time I was old enough to get up off the therapist's couch, I learned that there's, there's, a, there's a tremendous truth in there. The thing about you that makes you different is what makes people love you. The problem is we grow up in a culture in which we're taught that we need to be better. We need to focus on strengths. And so what ends up happening is we dumb down these most glorious, extraordinary parts of ourselves in favor of trying to compete with other people to outdo them at their own game. So here's the key, Nikki. If we, if we were to summarize this entire conversation, it's good to be better, but it's better to be different. Different is better than better. So in the course of our conversation, I want to talk about how do we each as individuals, as coaches, as leaders, 
as entrepreneurs, how do we identify what are the qualities that make us different? How do we focus on those and over-deliver with them for our clients, for our communities, for growing our own businesses so we can make the biggest change in the world, not by trying to be better, but by becoming more of who we already are. Wow. There's so much gold in there. I don't even know where to start. But <laughs> but I'll, t- I'll tell you, that really resonates with me. You know, I'm a different kind of a man. You know what I mean? Yes. I, yes, I you march are. to yes. the tune of my own drummer. And all my life, people have tried to get me to not be that crab trying to get out of the bucket. They pull me down, you know. And for the longest time, I tried to fit in. And it didn't feel right. I felt like I wasn't being myself. Uh, it was depressing. In fact, I, f- I fell into a depression yes. about that at points in my life. Yeah. And when I finally got to the stage where I stopped caring about what everybody thought and started really tuning in to the way that God had made me, that mm-hmm. my life really started to flower. And you've got this incredible tool called Your Fascination Advantage Report. Mm-hmm. And I actually took the test, as it were, and this 16-page report has come out. And I thought a really good way for people to understand how to benefit from your thought leadership and how you used it to become this number one New York Times bestselling author and Hall of Fame speaker is to maybe go through my Fascination Advantage report. What do you think? Great. Yeah, I love that idea. In fact, I have it printed out sitting here right next to me. So How cool can, are you, uh, Sally Hogshead? How cool are you? <laughs> well, here's here's an example. Nikki, as we learned when you took the Fascination Advantage assessment, your report showed you score very low in alert. And here's why that matters. I score really low in alert too. Alert is the language of details. People who score low in alert, like you and I do, we hate the nitty gritty. We hate getting locked into some kind of micromanaged program. But as a result, we need support from the people around us in managing those details. So I have a team that every time when I have a a really high level conversation like you and I knew that we were going to be having today. I'm sitting here looking at my table. I have a glass of water without ice because ice clinks. If you and I were talking, I have your report. I have all my briefing notes from the conversations that we've had getting ready for this. I have a copy of uh, of the Fascination Advantage archetype. And what that allows me to do is that I, I can, instead of focusing on freaking out over the details, it allows me to be completely present to our conversation so that I can add value. And the the learning for that for all of us is there are going to be certain areas in which you have a massive competitive advantage. And in these areas, you feel confident and in the flow. You're very likely to be seen at your best because this is your peak area of performance. On the other hand, there are other areas that feel like moving through quicksand. It's a struggle. It's draining. And in these areas, you have a massive competitive disadvantage. So you and I have a disadvantage in areas in which we'd be measured a according to the criteria of details. Therefore, it's in our best interest to make sure that we don't put ourselves in relationships with clients or in situations or scenarios in which our success or failure will be evaluated according to details. Because if that's the case, we're going to be exhausted and it's going to take a huge amount of resources for us just to come up to mid-level. On the other hand, you and I both score really high in innovation. We love new ideas. We're naturally creative, not just in the way we think, but in the way other people see us. So it's in our best interest to find 
conversations, clients, areas of contribution in which we can deliver big picture ideas that the world has never seen before. Does that seem like that fits for you that details drain you and that creativity allows allows me to to be energized 110%. I hate details. I can do them, but I don't like them. Yeah, well, okay, so here's the thing. There if let's say it, tying back to your fascination advantage report. I know we're kind of we're, we're kind of starting at the end, which is what is the area in which you're least likely to add value, which is details. But let's let's talk about that for a minute because in some ways understanding the way in which you are least likely to add value and be seen at your best helps you understand the ways in which you're most likely. So, can we focus on details just for a sec? Yes. Uh, my guess is that entrepreneurs Small business owners, coaches, leaders of people tend to, like you and I, score low in details. Not all. But there are three things we can do. Let's say, let's say we're in a situation in which we know we've got to play our A game. Nikki, what's an example of a situation where you're, you're put in a situation in which you have to deliver in the area of minutiae, micromanagement, follow through, being meticulous? What's an example of a place in your life when you have to do that? You don't want to, but you have to. Well, if we onboard a new client into one of our, you know, uh, mastermind programs like the E-Circle Academy program, I definitely need to make sure all the details get handled. Okay, perfect example. So there are three things that you could potentially do so that you that you don't make a, a negative impression by falling on your face or making a mistake because that can be catastrophic. For me, it's getting ready for a big speech. You know, I've got to have like every piece of AV equipment and so on. So there are three ways that you and I could deal with it. First one is that we can discipline ourselves. Like, I know this is going to suck. I'm going to have an hour of agony. I'm going to be writhing, trying to get out of this, but I've got to discipline myself. I just got to freaking do it. Second thing we could do is that we could delegate it. Like having a, a team members around us who thrive in details and so that we, it, it, it shifts from us to somebody else, but it's still getting done. But the third and most creative is that we can delete it. And here's what I mean by that. I hate expense reports. I hate them with all my heart. <laughs> have you ever had the have you ever had the experience thinking where you've you've just had this tremendous mastermind meeting or or you've delivered a, a huge message to a, a, a team of leaders and everybody's in this happy bubble and then all of a sudden <laughs> the happy bubbles popped because you get home and the discussion is all about the expense report. You know, like where's the receipt for the hot dog? Do you, do you know what I mean? I know exactly from- what you mean. And, and man, that sucks. It, you go from this big picture a connection of demonstrating your highest value to all of a sudden you're dragged down into the weeds. So I just deleted it. I, we don't do expense reports at all, no matter what. Everything's a flat fee and it's non-negotiable. And what that means is I don't have to try to over-deliver in the area of details because I don't, I don't engage in any kind of communication that's not fascinating because if my core premise is that I can help you become fascinating by keeping and holding your attention, then if I put myself in a situation in which I'm going to be evaluated according to criteria by which I will never succeed, I'm putting myself and my business at a disadvantage. So, so to review what we just talked about, there's discipline when you're getting ready for a mastermind. There's delegate, which is surrounding yourselves with team members or outsourcing. And then finally, delete. For example, Joe Polish's Genius Network, when we show up, there's never the expectation that Joe's going to be detailed. It's just understood that it's kind of going to be a free-flowing thing. So he's sort of deleted detail orientation from from his role. So coming back to, to your report. You took the Fascination Advantage report in 2015, yes? Uh, yes, December? that's right. 
you and I are in the room together at, at uh, Titan Network, like you mentioned, and that was one of the most impressive, high power collection of thought leaders, not thought leaders with air quotes, but thought leaders like capital T, capital L thought leaders. And, uh, and I remember meeting you and I was impressed by you because when you communicate, you have stature and confidence and authority, but not in an overbearing dogmatic way in a creative way of building relationships, building conversations, because you're very quick and agile in the way in which you think and communicate. And that's, so, that, that's not just what you deliver in your work with your masterminds and with all this other body of work you do with coaching people at the ultra performance level. It's something that's inherent. It's, it's, it's natural to who you are. It's you being you at your best. So when you took the Fascination Advantage Report, the algorithm is measuring how do other people see you. You've, I'm sure you've done Myers Briggs, Strengths Finder, Disc, Colby. You, you, you've probably done one or most of those, haven't you, Nikki? I've done a bunch of them. We, in fact, Disc, yeah. uh, Disc, and the Big Five are a couple we use for our highest level mastermind to evaluate people coming in. And it, that's great. They're the gold standard. I learned so much about myself with uh, with being able to do these assessments. Thing is, these assessments are built on psychology, and psychology is an incredibly useful tool. It's just not the only tool, and it's helpful for you to be able to measure something different about yourself. If a thermometer measures temperature and an odometer measures mileage, you can't use a thermometer to measure mileage. So this assessment is based on branding. It's based on the principles of a focus group. And when you took the assessment, it, the, the, the questions are built on my experience working with world-class brands like Mini Cooper and Coca-Cola, how they conduct focus groups. So as you went through this series of 28 questions, each question was measuring the cues and signals that you're intentionally or unintentionally sending to other people so that we can pinpoint what are the qualities that, that identify how you are most likely to be seen at your best through the eyes of others, not through your own eyes. It's asking you questions about how others perceive you. So when you took it, your, your number one advantage, the way in which you are most likely to make a positive first impression and add value is power. Power is the language of confidence. When, uh, when I'm, I'm, sitting here, I'm sitting here looking at your report, you score really, really high in power. That means in, in situations where you're going to be most effective, somebody's going to come to you and they need a leader. That doesn't mean that they're not powerful themselves, but it means you're going to come in with a decisive point of view, an opinion of authority. Have you ever noticed that people who don't have opinions have a harder time earning respect? Yes, 100%. You know, if you don't have an opinion, it's sort of like uh, you're, you're being a commodity. I, I did this study with um, Chanel sunglasses in which I gave people two pairs of sunglasses that were exactly the same. One pair had a Chanel logo and the other pair didn't have a Chanel logo. And I said to people, how much would you be willing to pay for these two pairs of sunglasses? They were willing to pay 400% more for the pair with the Chanel logo, even though the glasses themselves were exactly the same. So one pair of glasses was perceived as a commodity. The other pair was perceived as being 400% more valuable because it added something. Now, it's a logo, but 
really, it's a, it's a point of view. People and leaders who have a point of view, who stand for something, no matter what you stand for, that you stand for something and have an opinion. That's how people add value. Just like generic sunglasses versus Chanel glasses, there's a massive difference. When you're buying something, what you're really paying for, whether it's a coach or soda water, that's a way to differentiate yourself. And you do it through power first and innovation second. When we took a look at your report, there are three words that best describe how other people see you, just like a focus group, like when Coca-Cola says, um, hey, focus group, how do you see Coke as being different than Pepsi? And they give words like delightful and refreshing. Those aren't words that Pepsi uses. When Southwest Airlines does a focus group, it they hear words like friendly and practical. Those aren't words that Delta hears. So when the three words that describe how other people see you are inventive, untraditional, and self-propelled. Inventive, untraditional, self-propelled. Your archetype is named the change agent. That's power plus innovation. So Nikki, when you hear those three words, which one best describes how you're different? Inventive, untraditional, or self-propelled? Hmm. I'm drawn to self-propelled. So, um, we talked a moment ago about when you're getting ready for a mastermind. What's an example of a way that you are self-propelled when you know that you're going to have people that you admire and respect but are responsible for leading when they're getting ready to come into the room? In what way are you self-propelled? I'm ready to deliver. I'm ready to get up there and inspire yeah. these people and connect with them. And when I get on stage, um, the thing that I do – best, as it were, is I connect to the audience. I make yes. sure that individuals in the audience feel connected to me. And then I get them all up and I have them be interactive. So I have them do a couple high fives with each other, say something inspiring or positive to one another. Yeah. That way they're engaged, right? Like a, in the past when I spoke, before I started to do this, people always said I'm a very good speaker and I was all fabulous and was all great. But when I started to do this type of engagement to connect with people, I, I went from people saying you're a great speaker to people saying you're an unbelievable speaker, maybe the best I've ever seen. And um, I felt that doing this sort of thing had people that were in events that I do want to wanna be near what I had to offer more, want to buy, you know, which is, which is incredible, right? The, when people come to our three-day immersion events, we sell a pretty high-end product. It's like 30, 40 grand. And our close ratios were really high. It's 40 to 80%. Mm, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is. And so we were talking a moment ago about sunglasses. There's the generic sunglasses, and then there's the exact same sunglasses that are adding value in some way. I might propose that what you just described a moment ago, great being a great speaker, there are a lot of great speakers in the world, but there are very, very, very few speakers, leaders, um, mastermind creators of intellectual property, like who you really are, that are operating at that level, just like generic sunglasses, Chanel logo sunglasses. There's, there's somebody being a great speaker. And then there's somebody like you coming in, being powerful and innovative through being self-propelled that is irreplaceable. And that's really what it is to be fascinating. It's adding so much value that you can't be mistaken for anybody else in the marketplace. And in fact, you can't even be you can't be mistaken or replaced by a generic version coming in and toppling you over for a lower price. And this is something that's so critical that you, you, 
you already know this and you are already doing this, but it's something that we all have to keep reminding ourselves. If we dumb ourselves down, we put ourselves on a massive competitive disadvantage because we have to start competing on price. And the moment we start competing on the basis of price, we are in the slow, painful downward spiral of obsolescence because we can be replaced by a newer technology and a shinier award and a fresh face on the block. I did a study of 100,000 high performers. Out of a million people I've studied, a million professionals, I studied 100,000 of the high performers inside of some of the world's top companies. And I wanted to know what they were doing differently. And uh, drawing upon, I had a sociology degree in college, and, and drawing upon that, I assumed that what would differentiate the high performers would be a factor like education, experience, level of seniority. And I was wrong. Those things were not the factors. High performers can happen in any industry at any level. The two differentiating qualities of the high performers is, first of all, they delivered a specific benefit. In other words, the people who were self-propelled were really self-propelled. They leaned into that. They over-delivered in that area, and they didn't try to be the detail-oriented person. They weren't trying to be all things to all people. They had a specific benefit. They knew what it was, and they did it on purpose. The second thing the high performers did differently is that they turned this specific benefit into a specialty. And what I mean by a specialty is that they looked for the projects, for the clients, for the opportunities that would allow them to be self-propelled. They didn't just take whatever came their way. And so their team members, their, their referrals, everybody around them in their, in their world knew, look, if you want somebody who's inventive, untraditional, self-propelled, go to Nikki because he can outdo anybody in the space in that particular area. And that's, that, that's a hard lesson for us to learn as anybody who works with people, especially in a, in a coaching role. It's hard to say, look, I'm not your ideal coach, or you're not my ideal client. Have you been in a situation where you had to work with somebody for whatever reason, maybe it was financial, like I had a lot of clients that I wasn't in love with in 2008 through 2011. <laughs> that was, I was not yeah, cherry totally. picking. Yeah, and, and have you worked with somebody where it's just not the right fit? Of course, I'm 100%. You know, I, I'm in a really great position now that I don't have to do that. But once in a while, someone gets through uh, the qualification process that I'm not a perfect fit for them and vice versa. And the best thing to do in that situation is just end the relationship and send them to someone else. I'm really, really impressed with how your system works because essentially it's thought leadership, right? Thought leadership is about how you are different, how what you have to offer stands out in the marketplace. Uh, my good friend, Dr. Nito Kubain, I don't know if you know Nito Kubain. Uh, uh, Not only do I know Nito, but I have had two kids graduate from High Point University. Well, so there you go. I, I want to send both I, my kids I, to I High too Point. <laughs> worship at the altar of, of Nito. So, yeah, please, please continue with what you were saying. Oh, okay. So, Nito's awesome. I love Nito. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to send both my boys to High Point. That That's the plan. And uh, they're both soccer players. They're both sports mad, so they might even get scholarships. But I, I digress. So, Nito uh, likes awesome. to say that for you to win in life, you can't be stuck in the sea of sameness. You mm. need to be in the oasis of differentiation. And mm. what you're talking about here is just that Matt Church, who's one of my mentors, he created yeah. Thought Leaders yeah, Global. Yeah. So we license some of Matt's material and, and use it here in, in our program. 
he says that an expert is someone who knows something, but experts are a dime a dozen. A thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. To me, how to fascinate is about how to have you understand your expertise and position it that way. I, I really like it. I actually think every single one of our clients should do this test. And frankly, every one of our listeners should do this test because it's going to help them figure out what their real expertise is more readily and more, more easily. So that's a good thing. That's a crucial thing. As an add-on to what you were saying a moment ago about High Point, um, in, my, in my last book, I actually used High Point as a case study and a, and a description of what you're describing about what Nito said about um, the oasis of differentiation. I, I wrote about High Point. Most colleges today are struggling just as businesses are cutting costs in order to survive. Many schools are losing enrollment, decreasing services, and nickel and diming students for everything from copies to meals. Yet in less than 10 years, High Point University has transformed itself from a little-known North Carolina school into a boutique institution. Enrollment has jumped 197%. The number of faculty members increased by 152%, and it's gotten praise from around the globe. And so what High Point is as a university, I think all of us, could. we can look at that as a model. And for nobody is this more true than for anybody who's in a position of coaching. The key is there's not one way to differentiate yourself. If there was, it wouldn't be differentiation. <laughs> it, would be, it would be just straight up competition. Um, when people take the fascination advantage assessment, and I think we'll, we'll give them this code in just a second, when they take the assessment, it'll, it'll tell them, is the way in which you add value through creativity like you and me, Nikki, or is it through consistency and stability and not changing so that there's never a surprise? That's trust. Or is it about energy and emotion and, and uh, um, bringing people in, creating a connection? That's passion. Different coaches are going to lead their business and their clients in different ways. They should and they must. There are coaches that are incredibly detailed in the way that they add value with their clients is by saying, here's, imagine that if it was a, a coaching situation, I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to be accomplishing over the course of the next six months. I'm going to break it down for you in a step-by-step -step process with 10 bullet points that you'll be able to follow to the letter. You'll never have a surprise. I've already done all the hard work of predicting every problem you could run into. And when we work together, we'll have a clear system That'll give you a blueprint talking precisely 55 minutes at a time following this program. That's one way of, of running a program. That's not my way of running a program, but that, that, is, that is a way of, of standing out and excelling and doing it. So when people who are joining us in this conversation, when they take the assessment, it'll tell them, here's exactly how other people perceive you at your best so that you can show up in that way. Instead of trying to outdo other coaches or, or being confused about how to position yourself. Another thing that when people do the assessment, Nikki, when you and I were just talking a moment ago and the, the adjectives that we described a focus group would give you to describe yourself are inventive, untraditional, and self-propelled. That's that's helpful if you're writing if you're writing your marketing copy when somebody's thinking, a prospect is thinking, why should I work with Nikki instead of somebody else? Many people would not use those words. They would use words like accurate, meticulous, structured, detailed, tireless. Those are words that work to describe one type of brand but not another. So why don't we, um, 
well, let's, let's tell them how they can do the assessment because here's what I think would be really cool, Nikki. When people do the assessment, when our listeners, our community here does the assessment, let's check back with each other in a couple of months and my team will send you what your group's results look like. In other words, we'll find out how many people in this group are detail-oriented versus being innovative or passionate or consistent or focused on higher standards. Does that sound cool? That sounds super cool. I think everyone listening to this would benefit from it. But Sally, love to set up another conversation with you to talk offline on a non-podcast recording day because I'm back-to-back today. But uh, we should talk about having... Uh, what you do be a part of what everyone in our programs do. Um, I think this, I love it. this report is going to make a, a massive difference for everybody. It'll just make the process of defining their expertise that much faster from my perspective. We do a lot of things ourselves, you know, uh, that we've created and, and a bunch of the stuff that we've licensed from uh, Matt Church also works to help people nail their expertise. It just speeds up the process. Ah, I like it. I really like it. And it's so cool that you're a fan of Dr. Cubain's. He's amazing. Nito rocks the yes. house. So, <laughs> yes. so, so yes. everyone listening to this podcast, you absolutely need, need, need to take this test. And Sally has been so gracious that she's offering it complimentary. It's like a trial. You don't need to pay for it. What have you got to lose? You've got everything to gain. And I can tell you this, my experience working with Sally is that, yes, you know, to take this test, you're going to definitely enter your input, but she and her organization are respectful. They're not heavy handed salespeople. They're going to give you a lot of great value. And if what she has to offer you leads to more things that you can use from her, that's of course a good thing. So definitely make sure. Sally, what's what's the what's the link so we can make sure we include it in our show notes? Sure. It's uh how to fascinate.com forward slash you Y-O-U. How to fascinate F-A-S-C-I-N-A-T-E dot com forward slash you. And the code is revolution. Like the name of our podcast. How cool are you, Sally? I know. What a coincidence. How weird is that? No, it's absolutely <laughs> amazing. So, so, Sally, we say that people who come to listen to this show do this because they want to learn from you as a thought leader how they can take their thought leadership to the next level. They're all interested in learning how to grow their business. That's why they come here, because we offer them tips from the best in the business on how to do this. You've told us a bit about your backstory, but what you really did that I think has made a massive difference for everyone listening to this show is you've given them a tool that they can use to nail their expertise that much quicker. And if they marry this with some of the things that we do inside of our programs around thought leadership and clarifying your expertise, and they start to think about Elements like how to sell using story, which I've been studying through uh, Donald Miller and Story Brand, and uh, I've also mm-hmm. been studying uh, Bob McKee and his great book Story, and Nancy Duarte and all the great work she's done on that. It's just going to make it so much easier and faster and simpler for them to grow their business and make money. So I want to thank you for that. So before we wrap up, why don't you give us? quickly, bullet form style, your top three expert action steps that you want our listener to take on to enhance their life and grow their business. 
Sure. Point number one, every time you communicate, you're either adding value or you're taking up space. If you take up space, you're human spam. So know how you add value. Know exactly what other people value in you. What are the qualities, the abilities, the way in which you can over-deliver. Second thing is, keep in mind that you don't need to focus on your strengths. You need to focus on your differences. Strengths are a commodity. We live in a world in which everybody has strengths, but nobody else has your exact differences. So know what those are, own them, and do them on purpose. And then finally... Remember, the world isn't changed by people who sort of care. The world is changed by people who irrationally, passionately overcommit themselves to something that matters. That's how the world is changed. So understand how you are most likely to add value, what you do that's different, and then use that to change the world. I love it. Those are amazing expert action steps. And listener... Make sure you take advantage of Sally's offer, okay? Go to howtofascinate.com forward slash you, use the code REVOLUTION, as in the Thought Leader Revolution, and get a free copy of this assessment. This is a very valuable assessment. It's worth thousands of dollars and you get to take advantage of it for free. If you're a listener and if you're a member of eCircle Academy, you doubly need to do this. In fact, I'll post this in our secret Facebook group so you have access to it immediately. Make sure you do this. And if you're wondering to yourself, how do I grow my business? How do I become like Sally Hogshead? Here's how you do it. Jump on a success call with myself or a member of my team. We'll go through exactly what you can do to grow your business. We'll show you how our unique methodology has helped a majority of our clients add an extra quarter million dollars plus, plus, plus to their business. And when you do this, you'll be able to grow your business and your money worries are going to be over forever. And this call is a trial call. It's absolutely free. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. That's ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. Sally, thank you so much for being our guest today. I mean, it warms my heart to be with you today. Oh, I, I love being able to talk with you. I look forward to catching up soon. That wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about our incredible guest, Sally Hogshead, make sure you go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com and to jump on a success call to find out how you can grow your business, go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. Until next time, goodbye.